Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ahoy! Ahoy there, Martin! Oh, Craig! Oh, Craig, you gave me a, you gave me a little start. Well, I'm not surprised. I just burrowed out of the earth, didn't I? In this, you did uh, with a sort of drill bit. What was you? What is? What was sort your of drill bit? What was your mode of transport? Well, I took I took inspiration slightly from uh, the Boring Company, uh, Elon Musk's new venture. Has he really got a boring? Has he genuinely got a boring company? Genuinely got, has something called the Boring Company. Uh, what uh, you hold a, a drill bit. And it goes and takes you down through the crust of the earth. Is that how it yes. works? Particularly useful if you're a pedo. I was going to say, oh, you took the very gag straight from my teeth. We're oh. referring, of course, to to Elon Musk's that he called the you know, the, the cavers who who called, um, called more pedos. I suspect maybe he was. I think he was drunk. I hope he was drunk. Maybe he was drunk. Yes, no, the boring company. I think it's something to do with uh, you know he's creating this thing. It's called a hyperloop. I think so. It's no, sort I of, don't know any of these things. Well, it's a transport. It's a means of oh, transport. Yes. I think yeah. where you do away with friction by floating oh. the carriage on a sort of magnetic field, and the idea is it's like a sort of. You know, the glorious. Japanese do it with with trains, don't they? Don't they have trains that, that sort of exactly float? Exactly that kind of principle. Float yes, above so. the rail. So this would be underneath the ground. I think he's he's proposing to link Los Angeles to San Francisco. But you know, we could you know you could do all sorts. And you presumably, link. you could be there in about twenty minutes. That's the sort of thing, isn't it? You go at the speed 20 of twenty minutes. Wah! Yes, at the speed of wah! Yes. <laughs> what about you, Martin? How did you get here? Well, I, 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 do you know what the the the, the honest truth is? I, I just came on my skateboard. Oh, uh, nice! You forgot that I skateboarded. I forgot yes. I skateboarded to be honest until I found the skateboard yesterday in the attic, and I thought, oh, I wonder if I've still got the. Oh, it's like riding a well. If I say it's like riding a bike, that won't be that surprising. But you know, you don't. You never lose it. You never lose it with the skateboard. I've been trying to see if I can do some. Are you, are you some... catching some air? Don't you catch air on a on a on a skateboard? Yes, I was doing a bit of that. I was doing a bit of well. I, I jump and I spin the board and I I then hit it. The only, it's it is quite fun. It's quite scrappy. Mm-hmm. You know, I always imagined that if one got better at, at the boarding, maybe it would be slightly less noisy, become a bit more graceful. But it's it just looks terrible. It's just sort of it's just. Splang, clang, splat, clunk, clang, clang, and you very nearly fall over and and chin yourself, and that's exactly how it. That's it. It doesn't get any better. There's no. There's no. There's no elegant. There's nothing balletic about it. It's literally like it's like someone just sort of you know fighting with a an invisible spade. Yes, I agree. And they do that thing. That was sort of that was. I made you wait so long for that. That was the worst payoff ever. I, I literally went for about fifteen seconds, and the best I could come up with was fighting with an invisible spade. Doesn't doesn't do anything. Are there any young skateboarders? Because skateboarding 
I'm mm. thinking the second wave of skateboarding was sort of in the 90s, wasn't it? The first one, like, in the yes. sort of late yes. 70s, early 80s. Second yes. wave. Yes, you're right. Early 80s. Uh, yes, yes. Second wave in the 90s. Do you remember there was a shop in Soho? Update, uh, yes. Yes. I think it was called Slam City Skates, I think. Yes. That uh, was the horrendously uh, trendy skate skaters outfit company in Soho. And all those skaters, you know, the people who were, you know, getting on a bit in the 90s. I think the 90s was the first time you saw sort of full-grown men on scooters and skateboards. Is that fair? Yeah, still wearing cargo pants. That was what they used to wear. Cargo pants. It was always children before that. And suddenly, in the 90s, it was perfectly acceptable for a full-grown man to skateboard um, the streets of Notting Hill, particularly, I seem to remember. Yes, that's right. And uh, those men who were, I think, I would guess, in their 30s or 40s I should think so, yes, now... Must be in there pushing, pushing. Well, their sixties, I should think now. Aren't Probably they? in the end, you could ju- you yes. could just you could just go straight from you know you get to a certain age, you can oh, go yes. straight from riding a skateboard just to going on one of those hospital trolleys, and then you could go in and have your. Oh, that's a very good idea. Probably quite a lot of the same, <laughs> same mechanics, isn't it? Really, same mechanics be fun. That yes. Anyway, so I came on yeah. the skateboard. There it is. It looks a handsome thing these days, doesn't it? My goodness me! It really does. It's quite a size too. Yes, and it is. Yes, you could easily use it as a gurney. If you had to, I think, couldn't you? Yes, it could be a mobility device as you get older. You could actually, with a with a skateboard and a Zimmer frame, you could... Uh, a Zimmer board. <laughs> Zimmer board. I like that very much. <laughs> very like much indeed. With my cargo pants. Martin, is this a zeitgeist question? We're touching upon ageing. I think it's an intriguing question. It's just, when I was a child, old people seemed to be old, roughly around sort of 50 years of age. People were very old. Really old at 60 and probably in a home. Yes, that's right. Yes, 50, they were really quite, quite old, weren't they? Quite, quite old. And and 60, definitely in a home where you'd be eating, you didn't want to call it carpet, but that but that was what it looked like, sort of faded blue. Eating carpet. Carp- this is <laughs> no, not the same as munching <laughs> rug, is it? This, that's, a, that's a different thing, Did I say thing, eating carpet? Yes. Did I say yes. eating carpet? I, I was thinking of an old people's home where you oh. have those chairs with the sort of wooden... Um, oh yes, I know. Wooden seventies chairs, exactly. wooden arms. The wipe down. You know, you have a carpet that's not made of any natural fibre. Oh Lord, no! And you have no. paintings on the walls that look like they'd be done with an airbrush. Yes, um, yes. In, in a little sort of a teak frame. That's what I'm picturing. That was an old people's home. What is going to happen in the future when people of our age say, "Are we going to go into old people's homes?" If we I are, don't what are they going to look like? How does it work? Will we all suddenly want to watch the racing and pointless? I don't yes. know. How, how does that work? So we've got our skateboards. Obviously, there'll be a skateboard rack outside the home. Yes. You know, there'll be a place that, you know, in case we want to go and catch some air. It's very, it's a very interesting point, that, because what I find is quite extraordinary is actually uh, 50 is now very young. It's very young age, 50. 50, 50, very, very young. You know, I, I should imagine Philip Schofield's probably 55, I should think. He's a very young fellow, isn't he? Very young. Red-blooded fellow like yourself, of course. And um, <laughs> um, you then... You know, you, you see people who are very very young, they're still very youthful, they're in good shape. Yes. People keeping themselves, they're eating well, they're still very mobile, they're participating in, in all kinds of sports and activities. 
Then 60 comes, absolutely still young, still, still going, 60. Mm -hmm. 65, still going, looking a bit old. Oh, I'll be perfectly honest, of course, maybe it's a bit I bet maybe you Madonna's 65. I bet you Madonna's 65. Yes, there you are, you see. She is. And moving along. Then suddenly, somewhere between the ages of 70 and 80, it all goes off a cliff, catches up, and people end up pretty much where they would have been in old age many, many generations ago. And this is always the shocking thing I always find. It's when you see politicians whose faces one, one saw for almost on a daily basis. And then they disappear. Maybe they go to the House of Lords, or, or maybe they become sort of, you know, they're on the, the, the sort of literary circuit, and um, they then disappear. And then suddenly they appear about four or five years later, and you think, bloody hell. Mm. Oh, my goodness. Or they've just been dusted by age, and suddenly you, you're, it, it comes as a shock. You know, you suddenly see someone like Norman Lamont, and you go, ah! Good heavens above. God. Uh, he was, I mean, he was, I mean, Norman Lamont seemed to be 70 years yes. old, I'm sure, when I, was at, when I was at school. Here's a peculiar thing, speaking of yes. school. Have you ever noticed, when you go back to school, as I do occasionally, I get, occasionally get invited back to Chingford High Speech Day. Yes. And when I go, the teachers, some of whom were there when I was a student, they don't seem to change at all. Oh, no. How is that no, possible? How is it possible that someone who taught me... When I was in short trousers, can now look pretty much the same. I just, I don't get it. Eurovision. Eurovision. Red-blooded fellow like yourself, Craig, I know would have been absolutely glued to Eurovision. It's a... It's a staple, isn't it? It's a a sight for sore eyes, Martin. A sight for sore eyes. It's extraordinary, Eurovision, isn't yes. it? I think it's... Um, I remember the days <laughs> yes. when it was really quite a sort of lo-fi affair, Eurovision. It was a sort of... It was a cousin of Top of the Pops, but a very a very neglected cousin. Perhaps a cousin sort of... I don't want to sound prejudiced, but a cousin perhaps eking out a resistance in in some... Forgotten corner of Romania. Some low country of Europe. Yes, yeah, or, or a low country of Europe. One of the low countries yeah, I just felt... of Europe. A cousin that we haven't really seen then uh, ran yeah. off with, with, with someone from, another, from a low country of Europe and has sort of lived there on a diet of, of cabbage ever since. But how, when did it turn into this extravaganza, this global powerhouse? They've made it sort of party central. It's a sort of... It's just a joyous outpouring of, of, of high camp, I think, isn't it? And people love it for that reason. And I think, I think that's, they've been very canny and they've marketed it that way. And I suspect it's become a, a, quite a cash cow on the, on the back of it. Whereas we're thinking back to the days when it really was very, very uh, sort of faded brown in colour, wasn't it? It and, was. Uh, it was really all quite corduroy and, uh, yes, yes. you know, and worthy. Uh, and now it seems to be... It's a very... It's an exciting programme. And what used to be the sort of slightly maudlin mutterings of Terry Wogan, who, you know, clearly was missing the fact that he'd had to turn down some fabulous golf at Wentworth that day and, um, you know, instead <laughs> had to be sort of holed up in Riga. <laughs> but he's discovered the minibar, which, you know, so every cloud. 
And you know that was that was uh, that was always a rather lovely thing to discover once you realised that Terry really was having a lovely time. Was actually being a little bit, little bit, little bit wry, a little bit cheeky about it, wasn't he? But that has now become yeah, yeah. carved in stone as a. That's now part of the Eurovision thing. So you know, Graham Norton has been wheeled in to to be precisely what Terry sort of accidentally was, if you know what I mean. Not that that's yes. a bad thing. I think Graham does a lovely job of it. He's very, he's very, he's very likable, isn't he? Yeah. Yes, but I suppose I feel that's what, it's, you've put your finger exactly on what bothers me about it now. Is it used to be something that took itself terribly seriously, which we all could have a bit of a giggle about yes and now yes. it's so knowing and so unashamedly yes. ironic about itself yes it seems to me that it's lost a little of its charm but of course what yes. it's lost in charm it's gained in all it, 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 it it's gained in um monetary terms isn't it so obviously raking it in can, can we talk a little bit about what um about what we saw in yes. the um, yes, yes, you did watch it, right? Your vision. Oh, I thought it was. No, I didn't. I didn't watch it. No, okay. but I thought it was wonderful. <laughs> I did. I didn't watch it either. But you can't help picking up one or two little tidbits. First, I, thing I did is, watch. I watched James Newman. Yes, I did watch. I watched, you watched him. him. Yes, that didn't go a... terribly well. I, no. I wasn't. I wasn't impressed. Here's the thing about Eurovision: the acts are also. It's also high concept now. They use that huge video screen, don't they? They have all yes. this. It's yes. a spectacular. His was a little bit. It was just those two trumpets, wasn't it? That was it. Yes, it felt like odd. something from the dome. Do you remember? From it did. The, yes, from it looked the Millennium like one of the, Dome. One of, exactly from the Millennium Dome. It felt like one of the one of the areas or whatever it was called. Someone's trumpet area. Yeah. Welcome to James's trumpet area. These, yeah, and, and he was very much standing at the bell end, wasn't he, of both of those trumpets? Very. He is very much at the bell end. I, I yes. felt he was. He was. I thought cha- channeling sort of Lewis Capaldi to start with. That's what I was oh, expecting. Yeah. I was expecting a sort of a soul merchant, but what I got was just a merchant. Really, <laughs> I felt. <laughs> I, yes, I felt, yes, yes. And, and of course, we're forgetting the truly baffling bit, which was the weird videos they played before all the acts. That's so before, right. curious little neon. What was that? So it in was like J- an advert for a, for a building society. It was so strange. It was a sort of yes. the frame of a building. Yes. And we, we went, well, why are we here? Why are we in this building? Suddenly a pair of boots appear, as far as I can remember. Indeed. And then... A frying pan on a camping stove. In go a couple of fried eggs. And there's James shaking his fried eggs. Thumbs up to the camera. That was it. I felt like I was on drugs. It's like something from Catchphrase. You're waiting for something. Oh, oh, is it? Is, is it? Um, is it a bird in the hands? Well, Stitch in time. Bush? Stitch in no, time. Um, uh, um, yeah. oh, it, was, it was bad and it was not right. To, to paraphrase where Roy was Walker. It? Where well, I was it? I don't know. It wasn't in England, was it? Was, was no, it in a, no, I few, don't know. It was presumably... It must have been in some... Where was it set this year? Rotterdam, was it? The... Rotterdam. I think it was Rotterdam, actually. You're oh, yes, the right. show was, was from Rotterdam. Rotterdam. Was... Oh, I see. But, was the... but where was the island? Where was that little island that he was on, that oh, atoll? I see what you mean. I don't know. Where atoll. is that? Oh, what I don't is that? know. I don't know. Maybe it was just a... Thoroughly Maybe baffling. it was CGI. I don't, I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> there he was at the truly alarming. It was an alarming thing to watch. At the bell end, jumping around, and then <laughs> main skin were they called? Man's main skin, which would be quite good. Yes. A lion with a mane and a skin, yes. of course. Um, the Italian 
job. Mona, Mona skin. Mona skin. I think is what uh, is what they're saying. And they were energetic, quite grungy. I thought, which was you know, interesting mm-hmm. that that's what Europe uh, as a whole went for because it was quite thrashy. And um, I mean, I've only seen it the once, so I can't I can't speak with any any great authority on it. But I was interested to notice that I hear I hear that that song even before the contest, even before they won, it was at number two in the Italian chart. I dare say it is now at, uh, at, at, at the top of their hit parade. But it's very interesting. I, I would imagine James Newman is, is not troubling the, the chart keepers. He's not going to bother the chart keepers, is he? No, I wouldn't have thought I was so. from Maniskin. Maniskin? Maniskin? I don't know. I was getting sort of budget Trent Reznor. Is that, is that fair? Yes. Um, yes, I think, that's, I think that is a fair. And, and, of course, we have to mention there was a bit of controversy. Maniskin, I think, were... I don't know if this is true, but the rumour is that they were caught, even on camera, taking I guess, what one has to imagine is cocaine. Snorting drugs. They were snorting white drugs. White on drugs. the glass tables of, the, of Rotterdam. Of Rotterdam. As if they were in some downmarket brown cafe. Oh, oh Roy, Roy, I'm going to say, is it, is it white lines? Is it white lines, Roy? No. <laughs> what? It's good. It's good. It's not right. <laughs> It's good, but it's not right. It's good. Um, oh, it's not right. What do we think about that? I mean, I, I, you know, personally, because of course they were subsequently vindicated, which I think is quite is, is an enormous how, shame. How were they it? vindicated? Why? Well, why they had they? a drugs test. They were given a drugs test. They were made to give a drugs test. I tell you what, there's all kinds of drugs from Rotterdam that I've taken, but you could test me with a drugs test afterwards, and I similarly would come up clean as a whistle. <laughs> What makes me laugh about that is then either they've got a really terrible dealer, um, or That's probably, or, or it was done deliberately, or it was for show. It was for show, and it wasn't real drugs. <laughs> I believe that when they won, the the rousing cry that came rasping from the throat of the singer of Murnaskin, whose name has not necessarily escaped. I'm not sure it was ever imprisoned. Um, <laughs> Damiano David. Damiano David. When they won, he he yelled, "Rock and roll will never die!" Oh yeah, when they were, when they went to make their speech, ironically, killing rock and roll stone dead at that moment. I think if we ever could put a, a you know a sort of a time of death on rock and roll, it was that moment, wasn't it? It was the moment right. when a man a man in eye you know eyeliner in in broken English stands up, punches the air. Having just won Eurovision with his yes. his rock and roll act, and, and yes, and quite a lot of sif dribbling out of his nose, screams "Rock and roll will never die." That's it. That's it. It's over. That's, it. That's the point at which rock and roll goes. <laughs> yes, the song, by the way, the song was "Zitti e Buoni." Zitti e Buoni. Yeah, I'm none the wiser for that. Yes, I think it means "Shut up and be quiet." Oh. I mean, if it was some like "shut up and shout," that would be a, that would be clever because you know, oh, so one one the one hand is saying "shut up" and the other is saying "shout," and this one is just saying "shut up and shut up and be quiet." I think that's it's probably "shut up in your face." I think it is essentially in Italian, isn't it? It is essentially "shut up in your face." <laughs> What's the matter now? Why are you why are you taking these drugs? <laughs> What's the matter, you? Why are you taking the drugs? Why are you taking these drugs? This, uh, this, this. <laughs> it's not a good gear. Oh, shut up your face. Oh, shut up your face. <laughs> ah, it's not so bad. 
millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Did you happen to see, Craig, uh, this is an interesting story, Ah, Banksy. You know, the, the, the street artist and totally anonymous artist. I don't need to tell you who Banks is, of course. You, you, you ruddy love the man. I do. You probably know him. He's probably a friend of yours. You probably shared white ladies with him in late-night cocktail bars. Oh, he's a red-blooded man just like me, yes. We he's a red-blooded one. Oh, don't give anything away. Nightcaps, I, only, nightcaps. I only know him as a silhouette. Yes, well, this is the thing. A, bri- a Bristol silhouette. So I think he took a greetings card company to... To court, right? That's because right, they yes. reproduced some of his images on their greetings cards. That's right. And the European courts have ruled that his copyright has not been infringed. And this is my lay understanding of it, because in the first place, it's public art, therefore uncopyrightable. And in the second place, because he himself is anonymous. He himself is anonymous, and he has actually gloried in the in the public nature of the art. However, it all gets a little bit difficult. I, mean, I think Banks has been very happy to keep these things slightly murky. Just that you know the boundaries are a little bit little bit blurred, shall we say? Because obviously, you know, he does this public art, and yet you can buy great chunks of wall, a bit like the old Berlin Wall, where it's all been sort of... <laughs> where someone's just literally drilled it off the wall and sort of hung it in chunks on the, on the wall of a gallery. And, you know, you can pay millions and millions and millions of pounds to buy these original works of Banksy's, which I presume the money in some way devolves after it's been pilfered by all the, the many agents in the way... I imagine some of that money finds its way into Banksy's account. Well, I don't know if it does. I I reckon this is an interest. I mean, this is very interesting for a couple of reasons. First of all, I I don't think the court is is right, and maybe we should get onto that in a minute. But the, but the second part is Banksy is obviously hopping mad about the whole thing. He's created oh, this this fantastic this empire this brand, and his mate Damien Hurst is absolutely raking it in hand over fist. Yes, <laughs> Literally yes. holds um, holds his own auctions now of his own art. So so of... does Banksy, by the way. Ah, okay. So does Banksy is absolutely okay. coining it. I mean, the, if you okay. could, if you can find a sort of, I would say, an A list Hollywood star, because they don't really exist anymore these days. They're just, they're, you know, they're. It's just they're George Clooney, isn't it? That's it's basically it. just well, yes, uh, George Clooney being the sort of the last, and Brad Pitt, I suppose, being you know, but those old style 
Hollywood A-listers, yeah. um, you can find one that doesn't have three or four Banksies on the walls of their of their Montecito mansions, then uh, you're a better man than I am. <laughs> That's all I was going to say. That's interesting to hear, because it always seems to me that he would struggle, Banksy, to, to monetize it to quite the extent he would probably wish. And I think we've got a little insight into that with this legal case, because at the end of the day, how much money is a greetings card company making out of selling Banksy greetings cards? I can't imagine. I wouldn't it's, have thought a great deal. I have much. met Banksy's agent. I have met the person oh. who runs his gallerist. Um, yeah. Very, very nice fellow who runs a gallery in just south of Soho Square. Um, it's a very exciting, as you can imagine, very, uh, very, very exciting indeed. You know, I, I, it's, it's a fun place to go to. I find I go there, and I, even I, who who has very much has, has a man of the people, as you you know, I, but even I find myself dropping my H's and you know, glottal stopping some of my uh, some of my T's and things, just so I, just so I don't, you know. I mean, it's ridiculous, really, because I, I speak very much like everybody else, but. Uh, um, <laughs> So I'm in absolutely no doubt as to as to how as as to how much a coin. Well, probably we shouldn't worry. Probably we shouldn't worry. No, I think Banksy. we probably shouldn't. It's probably yes, fine. It's probably going to be okay. He'll be all right. But he'll be all but right. But for me, it doesn't quite add up. I don't quite follow the arguments. I don't see why, if someone is anonymous, they can't have copyright. You know, if J.D. Salinger, for example, would capture in the rye. Yes, yes. Prized his anonymity, but. I'm sure the royalties for Catcher in the Rye were distributed to him. Well, he's, he does have a company that does own the intellectual property, I believe. Pest Control, that's what they're called. Right, yes, Pest Control. Well, they're the people who brought the action, aren't they? Pest Control. But equally, he has said, he said something along the lines of copyright is for losers because he felt that his brand was bigger than that. I suppose it's a little bit like um, Coldplay or, 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 or Radiohead making albums that they then sell for free. They sell for free because they don't like the constraints and the exploitation, the mercantilism of the, re- of the music industry. And so they, they put these yes. things out for free. It's well, not I, I to suppose, say that... I suppose I would argue that something is either copyright or it isn't. And someone's opinion as to whether it's copyright or not is neither here nor there. And in this case, the fact that it happens to be Banksy's opinion is neither here nor there. Either his works are copyrightable or they aren't. And if they are copyrightable, it doesn't matter what Banksy thinks about it. I don't think they are, because like, he's, yeah. he's made it his thing that he thinks what's important for Banksy is Banksy. These things are just ephemera. Quite often the things that he puts mm. out on walls will be painted over by zealous councils or be chipped out or, or other rival... Who on earth they are, I don't know, but other rival graffitists who think that they are, they hold the, a, a flame to Banksy. They'll come and paint them over and paint other things of theirs. You know, the idea is that it's not it's not the individual pictures, it's it's Banksy. All these things just add to the, the power and the influence and ultimately the value of Banksy himself. You know, this, this wonder, it's a brilliant piece of performance art, really, apart from anything else. These are mere props. These uh, these pieces of art, and I don't think he minds at all. He's very keen that people should copy his things, that people should photograph them. Um, I think what sticks in his craw is that it's it's a greetings card company who've done absolutely absolutely nothing at all, apart from just photograph his work, and they're sort of peddling it. 
I don't know. I mean, no one really wins in this because he, it's a very difficult point for him to make, I suppose. If I were the greetings card people, I would just make a very sizable donation, very publicly, to uh, an arts charity, maybe, maybe one based in Bristol. <laughs> While I've got you, Martin, I just want to ask you about one more blip on my cultural dial, which is, have you noticed these two stories? There's a story about Kevin Spacey. Yes. So Kevin Spacey, of course, cancelled, I think, last year. Oh, many years ago, actually. I think a good a good three years good ago. Three years ago? Anyway, cancelled yes. because of complaints of sexual harassment. Yes. Some of which I think were to do with when he was in charge of the old Vic. Anyway, Kevin Spacey has just been cast in the lead, I believe, an Italian film or TV series. I'm not sure. It's a sort of yes. it's a detective series, right? Mm. And we've also got Aziz Ansari, who was cancelled. This is, I think, again, oh, going right. back a couple yes. of years now. Yes, yes. He, if memory serves, there was a, a um, sort of blog site, I think called babe.net or something like that, and, and an ex- acquaintance of his posted a quite detailed description of a terrible night that she'd spent with Aziz Ansari, which was yes. really not really accusing him of anything more than being a bit of an arse. But that was, right. yes. that was, yes. that, you know, that oh. was basically the accusation. Yes. Yes. And, you know, but sort did of, that open floodgates? It did open floodgates and he was then cancelled. Oh. So his show, Master of None, has now come back for a third series, but he's writing it but he's not really in it anymore he's kind of one of the subsidiary characters actually played brilliantly by naomi aki and and she's now his co-writer in the show her character is now the main character in the show and his character dev only sort of appears now and then just pops up now and then he's not really the right. main character I see. Anymore. yes yes it's quite a sort of it's is, an interesting one, isn't it? I mean, so I, people now creep, sort of creeping back from the dead, is what I'm saying. People you know, I've, back from the dead. I've, I find myself conflicted on this one, if I'm perfectly honest, because on the one hand, nothing. It must be stressed. Kevin Spacey has not been charged with anything. He's not been found guilty of anything. No. However, the 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 rumours are credible. You know, there's a volume of quite credible rumour surrounding Spacey. And I think a number of people felt that was, there was enough about those rumours. They felt f well enough founded for concern, shall we say, for, for things to be problematic. Well, do you remember he was ca he was cancelled from that film he was in, All the Money in the World? And, and, oh, that's um, right. Uh, Christopher Plummer stood Christopher in for Christopher Plummer it. took his place, won an Oscar. Thought, yes, I yes, mean, it was, all, yes. it, was, it was quite a big deal at the time. So I just think it's interesting. His two approaches, right? Kevin Spacey, accused of sexual misconduct. As you say, nothing ever came to court. Aziz Ansari, I mean, I wouldn't want to put him in the same category, but he was... What is similar about the two of them is they were cancelled. That's you know right, I mean. yes. So yes. Aziz Ansari, quite ingeniously really, decides to take himself out of the equation and sort of sidestep the whole issue and make it about, you know, what really was before a kind of, not ladsy exactly, but a sort of a show from the, that was written very much from the male gaze into a yes. show... About a lesbian relationship. That's right, yes, yes. And use his platform to yes. shine the light yes. on his fellow performers. 
Kevin Spacey is playing a pervert detective. <laughs> he's really, he's yes. really gone for it, right? Well, he's a yes. sex crime detective. That's it. He's just, he's just he's a sex balls out. That's right. I'm going to yes. be a sex crime detective because I was accused of sex crimes. So now I'm going to be a character well, who does ah, sex crimes. I see. I think Kevin's approach is more honest. I suppose that's what I'm trying to get to. Yes. I feel way. like, it, uh, am I wrong in saying... Uh, Aziz Ansari, and it is a brilliant, brilliant show, but I detect something slightly cunning within that, within that pivot. Yeah. Whereas Kevin Spacey is just going, yeah. We need to talk about this. You know, we need to talk yeah, about this. He's you, standing you, fully yeah. naked above the parapet. Sorry. Yes. Sorry. Not <laughs> naked. But you know what I mean? He's, he's, he's not wearing any defences, as it were. Exactly. I mean, maybe we're sort of, maybe we are comparing sort of apples and oranges here. Um, am I the only one who gets, gets a terrible sweat when you even talk about anything to do with people getting cancelled in utter fear that I'm going to get cancelled myself? Just put a foot ever so slightly wrong, just edge it over the line and, and say something irretrievable but anyway uh, i'm gonna go for it yes we have on one on one side we have aziz ansari arguably a lesser offense but he has apologized he's found his way back he's taken a back seat uh, in master of none and on the other side we've got kevin spacey is just basically going um pardon the expression i probably will get cancelled for this balls out yes um <laughs> i'm the sex crime guy i'll be the sex crime detective I'm going to go to Italy, make a big sex crime detective film, uh, basically wearing the baseball cap proudly there. Uh, which one is going to work? I don't know. I have a hunch, but um, for fear of being cancelled, I'm not going to say which. Well, I think it's it's probably time for you to, to bore off somewhere else. Um <laughs> if, if sorry, that sounds very, dis, yes, very uh, disparaging, doesn't it? I didn't. Yes, I see the mistake I've made there yes. with, my, with my mode of transport. Oh, yes. Um, well, I, I'll. I meanwhile, we'll just skate like us. And you're going to board like off as well. Martin. I'm going to board. That's oh, nice. Oh, a little, that nice? to board, board and board. Well, it's been very nice to, yes. to chew the the cultural cud, shoot the the cultural. Actually, been not just a breeze this week. It's been, a, been like a sort of like a gale, hasn't it? It's been a rippling gale. Oh, it, it yeah. has. Yes, yes. Um, Several trampolines flying along in it. Yes, I'm gonna. I think I might put the wind machine on just in uh, just in honour of the Eurovision Song Contest. Just, just, just go off with a, with my. There we go. There we go. Oh, 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 oh. Martin. Dehoy, Craig. Dehoy. Dehoy. You've been listening to Time Ghost. Time Ghost was created by Alexander Armstrong and Ben Miller. It was produced by Andy Goddard and Diggory Waite, and the exec producer was Claire Broughton. Time Ghost is a hat-trick podcast. You can now follow Time Ghost on Instagram. Just search at Time Ghost Pod. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.